Welcome everyone to the second episode of MindSync Podcast. I am Natalia, I will be your host, and today we're going to be talking about life with Kalel. And if you can hear, he's in the background, so this is going to be an interesting one. So if you heard the first episode, I talked a little bit about the background of Angel and Kalel. Um, and basically I decided to start with Kalel today because this is how the entire journey started. This is how I opened my eyes to neurodiversity and autism and then later on realized that Angel was a neurotypical. So with Kalel, as I said, if you heard on the first episode, Kalel was a child that was developing at a regular stage um, all throughout since birth until he was about 13, 14 months old. And then the light switch went off and Kalel became a completely different child that I didn't even recognize. So he went from being this lovely, beautiful, loving child to an aggressive and frustrated and um, crying, never happy child. And I was like, what is going on here? You know, what has happened? So I did mention before that um, when Kalo was born soon after, we left Canada and we came to UK. And I, when all these changes started happening, I thought that it was kind of like a, a sign to the stress of the traveling and moving houses and leaving everything behind, starting all over again in a complete different place. Um, and although he was a baby, I always knew that, you know, babies are very receptors of our feelings as parents and the environment and when things change it of course they're going to be showing some signs but he was showing the signs but nothing was changing it it, it, it was just getting worse so by the time Canel was about two years old he was able to start attending nursery and even before that, we were experiencing already these changes that I was saying. Um, he was biting, he was scratching, he was um, kicking, you know, there was no way that we could wash his hair. Um, he was all constantly, you know, on the go, jumping up and down, climbing sofas, chairs, TV, furniture. Um, so we needed to start bolting, you know, furniture against the walls and, 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 and being very protective of his environment because he was just doing all this. He, I remember we did their entire room uh, of minions because Angel was sharing the room with him. And we put all this beautiful wallpaper on the wall. And within, I think, probably six months, all the wallpaper was gone because Kalel managed to peel off the wallpaper um, and he was very oral you know he was putting everything in his mouth and chewing and, and, and all these things so when he started nursery we were already seeing all these changes and all these behaviors and obviously when he went to nursery it was way worse we we didn't do a transition that we should have done and he found himself in this big space with a bunch of children that he didn't know, with a lot of staff and grown-ups that he had no idea who they were. And obviously, because he was the youngest one at home, he didn't have to share because basically it was him, the toys were for him. And he found, you know, that 
kids were taking things away from him and him by not being verbal his frustration will show in biting other children or scratching them or even biting the staff and that's when it came to the point that the staff basically started excluding him and I was coming to pick him up and I would find him sitting on the floor in the office uh, completely by himself with a grown-up and it was just horrible to see because I could see that my child was getting you know secluded from everyone else he wasn't spending time with other children and the nursery wasn't helping you know into this transitioning or, or to understand why he was having these behaviors so basically um, within a couple of months they said to me um, he is it's he's too much you know we can't have him here we can't handle him he's too much for us um, this is not the right place for him and they didn't even make the effort to tell me you should seek you know help from here or there and bear in mind uh, I was here just for a few months and I didn't know anything or anyone so I, I found myself very alone in the whole process so when I decided to pull him out we got in touch with the children's center and they assigned a social worker and obviously she she came to the house to visit we started explaining all the problems that we were having with Kalel, all his behavioral issues and everything that we experienced with the nursery. At the same time, we had a visit from the health visitor and they usually have a two-year-old checkup to see how they're developing, how they're doing, whether their vaccinations are, you know, updated. And I remember she came in, saw Kalel, and immediately was observing him. Um, I expressed everything that was going on to the health visitor. The social worker was there as well. And then she asked me, is there anything concerning you at this moment? And right before that visit, I think it was two days or three days before that, I catch Kalel lining up the toys. And right after he lined up the toys in his room, he was lining up uh, bottles from the fridge all along the tiles. Um, and it was in a pattern. It was a tall one and a short one, a tall one, a short one. When he was experiencing all these behavioral issues prior to the health visitor, I started doing my own research. And when I started putting, you know, nonverbal, no eye contact, no responding to his name, no using cutlery, um, everything that was a common denominator and it was autism. I, in the beginning, I just didn't want to believe that my child was autistic or that there was a slight chance of him being autistic. I wanted to put it down as that he was spoiled and the youngest one and he didn't have to make an effort to talk because we knew what he wanted when he wanted but the reality was that you know the behavioral issues were becoming a problem um he wasn't adapting anywhere and you know my biggest concern was well you know in two years from now he's gonna have to go to reception so what are we going to do we need to solve this and he needs to start talking so obviously the health visitor, when um, she saw Kalel, so all the reports and everything that was going on, she immediately said to me, um, I'm going to refer you to a speech and language therapist and I'm gonna have to refer you to the ASDE pathway team. 
and we'll go from there and she and, and then she did say to me you know that it, it is a long wait there's multiple choices multiple resources out there that you can access and that was it so when they did the whole referral and everything in the meantime i changed kalel from nursery so we took him to another nursery and pretty much it was the same thing so when i went into the nursery i explained everything you know i laid down all the cards on the table and i said you know this is my child he's nonverbal. this is what's happening this is all the agencies that are involved um this is the all the referrals we're trying we're waiting for an appointment can you help him and everyone's like oh yeah, yeah of course we can help him we can do this we can do that we can arrange this arrange that and i said well bear in mind he gets very aggressive when he is frustrated because he cannot express what he's feeling and it was it, it, it was great in the beginning you know they were trying to help me very much they were very on board with everything and little by little everything just started declining the more he attended, the more they were just putting up excuses and calling me to pick him up earlier um, and being anxious, you know, asking me if I had rung the hospital, if I had chased up the appointments. And, you know, it takes a very long time. And, and, and I think that it is unacceptable the amount of time it takes to have a diagnosis, to have an assessment. But it is what it is. And at that moment, it was an 18-month waiting time. There was nothing that I could have done. But while I was waiting for this appointment, I started attending, you know, different courses and workshops and searching online. So I got involved with the Isabella Trust, which is a, a local charity with provides courses for um, parents that are starting their journey, you know, and, the, it, and it has a wide range of different subjects that they talk about. And it's, it's pretty amazing because I basically started my journey with them. And then um, there were some conferences about ADHD. So I attended those as well with the ADHD Foundation here in Liverpool. And then we had other things with other agencies and, you know, and I was just trying to get my hands on everything and attending as much as possible and learning. And the more I read, the more I, I, I got told, the more I, I told other people and other professionals about my child, you know, it, it was the same thing over and over. We believe your child is autistic. Yes, he's showing all the traits, all the characteristics. So for you to know a little bit, you know, not all the children show the same characteristics or the same traits, and there are a wide range of neurodiversity. We always say, and it is completely true, there isn't an autistic child that is the same. Uh, they are all completely different. They might share similar traits, but the way they perceive the world it's completely different from one another. So one of the traits that it says, um, it's the autism in young children, and I've got this out of the NHS website. It says that they do not respond to their name. And Kalel wasn't responding to his name. He was never, never, and ever turning around when you called him out. So prior to his 13th month, you would say Kalel, and he would immediately turn around. So I knew it wasn't a hearing problem. I thought he was he was having selective hearing, 
but I knew that he could hear me and he wasn't responding to his name. The other thing is the avoiding eye contact. So Kalel now has great eye contact and is his way of communication. But before, his eye contact was completely null. Um, he wouldn't look at you. He would avoid looking at your face. You would avoid um, looking at anyone. And that came with not acknowledging when you call him. So he was avoiding eye contact. He was avoiding um, seeing you or being seen. And it was it was very upsetting because we were always going to try to get his attention. And, and it was like he was completely in his own world, not part of ours. The other characteristic is not smiling back. So it's it's when you have a baby and you carry the baby and you want the baby to smile or, or you want to gather the attention of the baby there's usually lots of eye contact and you usually smile at the baby and the baby smiles back at you and Kala was doing all that and then all of a sudden there was nothing you know my smiley happy little boy was gone he wasn't smiling he wasn't making eye contact and oh that was, it, it was heartbreaking I was desperate I was desperate for a smile and with all that, you know, the other characteristic came along, the repetitive movements, um, the getting upset about different things, uh, textures, you know, food like bath time, cutting hair. It was all adding up to autism. And then when I started learning more about it, sensory processing. So both of them combined together, obviously, it's very difficult. Kalel, he was still three years old and still nonverbal. And they always say by the age of two, they should have a range of, of about 50 words. And then by the age of three, they should be starting making more sentences. Kalel, he's, he's five years old at the moment, and he would only say a certain amount of words. Um, and they're very unique and they're very repetitive. He knows the meaning of them and he knows when and how to use them. But that's all he says. So what I said that the eye contact now is his way of communication is because Kalel has a specific um, eye contact for everything that he needs. And he knows exactly how to work a person with his eyes. And it's unbelievable because he would just give me the puppy eyes and then I'll be like, oh, okay, you can have this, you know, or he would just give me those very angry eyes when he's upset. And then I know that I've done something wrong or that I am not complying to whatever he wants. He is very smart. But as I said, you know, it was, everything was very direct. There wasn't what if or maybes, you know, everything was pointing to the same direction of an autism diagnosis. So I started working with a special language therapist. We started working with something called intensive interaction, which is you basically mimic what the child is doing and saying or sounds. And that is for them to feel that you understand them um, and to you know make a connection with you. So Kalel will start flapping his hands and I will start flapping my hands right next to him. And he will look at me like, what are you doing? You look like you're doing you know something out of the ordinary because I wasn't doing it before but now I started doing it so that started getting his attention and when he started like bubbling more I started bubbling back at him and he would just look at me like huh 
you understand me, you know, and it, and that's how we started communicating with each other, because what happened is that he would expect me to say something or do something back after he did something. So he would start looking at me. I started gathering his attention. And when I started doing intensive interaction, I decided to shift him again to another nursery. Now, this nursery, and I am going to make a, a blog in here because they, they don't even know that I'm doing a podcast, but um, Kids Planet in Fasarkley. That was the best nursery my child could have attended, and I am so sad that I didn't find them before because not only the team is amazing, Kalal was treated as everyone else and their way of teaching was the one that Kalal needed. The communication between the nursery and myself, we were all working together towards the same targets and they became such an amazing and important part of Kalal's development. So Kalal, was doing intensive interaction at home, was doing intensive interaction at school. The speech and language therapist was constantly, you know, coming along the house and the nursery. And all this while we were changing homes because I I was separating from their dad. There were lots of changes for him. The um he not only he was changing from nursery, he was changing houses, the family was breaking down. So at that point he's behavior he is his lashes out became more and more um they increased so he was constantly biting and kicking and i always 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 apologized because of what he was doing so it was very clear on the reason why he was lashing out was his um his lack of communication but when he found you know that person at the nursery his key person he found that I was starting to communicate more and more and more. Things started to change. We went from lashing out right in the beginning of the morning, arriving to school, to actually getting off the car and running towards the entrance because he was happy about being there. And he had a great relationship with his key person, which I love and adore him. And hopefully he will agree to come into the podcast to talk about um, his experience with Kalel and his overall experience with um, neurodiversity. But he was able to get Kalel into such a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and that's when the real Kalel started to come out and started to glow and grow in front of our eyes. He was making so many developmental um, increases and, and adjustments that we were all blown away. Um, one of the things is he was able to participate in the graduation ceremony. And it was beautiful to see him in his little cap and gown walking alongside with his key worker. Um, and I remember I cried so much today because that was one of the things that I never thought I would be able to see. Uh, seeing my child participating along other children not lashing out and actually enjoying what he was doing and all these little things started to come out about Kalel he started to show that he's very cheeky <laughs> he is very mischievous and he is very smart 
So we started implementing little things with a key, um, with a speech and language therapist, which is was sort of like a sabotage his environment to force him to be able to to have to communicate with us for something. But there were things like, oh, let's just hide the biscuits on top of the fridge, and he is very observant so he will see where you were putting the biscuits and then one day he would just grab a chair drag it all on climbing it and reach and if i put it anywhere higher than that he will drag the chair he will then proceed to put a box a step anything on top of the chair inclined everything in order to reach what he needed so he's always been very observant of everything. We've had instances that he, he knows how to open the door. So he knows which key belongs to the lock and because he wants to come out, so he'll unlock the door. So all my keys are hidden in the house because he can just open the door anytime and leave. So yeah, he's, his mind is always constantly observing and looking at what he can do, what, how he can reach that. And I remember one of the things about the nursery is he love he loves the outside. Whether it's at home, nursery, school, he loves to be outside in the garden. So his classroom had access to the garden and they had some French doors that were locked. And what they did is that they put the keys um, right on the corner on top, hanging on a nail. So Kalel being Kalel so observant, he realized, you know, that the keys were there. So one day he went on and he grabbed a chair, dragged it all along the, um, the classroom to where he needed. He climbed on the chair, realized that he couldn't get a, the key because it was way higher. So the teacher said that he was just looking around, you know, analyzing his environment. Then climbed off the, the chair, went, grabbed a spatula from the kitchen area, the little kitchenette that they have for the kids grabbed the spatula, went to the chair, climbed onto it, and then he realized he could flick it, and he flicked the key, got it off the nail, grabbed the key, came down, and he just opened the door and went outside. That goes to show how smart this child is, how he knows how to do it, and how he will do it to accomplish what he needs. He likes to observe uh, me printing stuff, and he's always observing how the printing is working, how the paper is coming from one end that's completely blank and with something written on it on the other side. So he is, he's very, very cheeky. He knows exactly what he's doing. He has a lot of sensory needs, and he loves sand. So after nursery, he moved to reception to mainstream. And he's now attending the same school as Angel. So when Kalel started now, that transition was another thing. Oh, that was that was difficult um, to the point that I had to stop working just because he wasn't coping well with transitioning to the school. Don't get me wrong, this school is absolutely amazing. I love their school. I love, adore, and hold really close to my heart the entire staff. But when Kalel moved into reception, we did a gradual transition, one hour a day, two hours a day, things like that. And But then he found himself in this room, again, full of children. And the thing with this school is that they have one big room, which is divided by a small 
area in which they have the reception children and the nursery children. And Kalel, he was overwhelmed. It was way too much for him. And we started having again, you know, the constant biting, scratching, kicking, children, staff. He almost got expelled from school. He almost got excluded because there was no other viable way to help him. But because the teachers and the head teacher and everyone knows me, they know exactly how I work very hard with the children and they've known Angel for so many years now. They implemented this nurture room in which Kalel was excluded, yes, from everyone else, but he was still having interaction with other children and he was in a much more calmer environment and it was more suitable for his needs. And it broke my heart to see my child, you know, away from all the other children, but at the same time, I knew that it was for his own benefit. I knew he needed to do this period of time just by himself and get, you know, comfortable and know the teachers, the staff, and then gradually incrementing the time he spent with all the children. So with the, these children, uh, I'm sorry, with the staff in, in the school, after a while he became, you know, very attached to them. We were always working very hard on with the word help and more. But Karel always has a little sand pit in his classroom, which he loves because he loves sand and he's very sensory seeker. And he was just playing along the sand, but he always likes to mix water with sand. So what Karel did is he was looking at the teacher because she knew exactly what he was going to do, but she pretended that she wasn't seeing anything, everything was normal. So he went on and grabbed his cup with water and started pretending that he was drinking. So he will take a sip and fixating his eyes on her. When she would turn around, he will like get two steps closer to the sand. And the minute she turned around, he will start sipping again the water. And then that happened again and he will sip again the water. And then within two seconds, he just run and poured the entire cup of water into the sand. He got away what he wanted it to do, but it is how cheeky and how he knows his comprehension of the situation he's analyzing constantly how am i going to solve this problem how am i going to get away with this or how am i going to get away with that and then all while having a very cheeky smirk on his face because he knew what he was doing was wrong most of the time when he's outside in the garden in school when they're in the play yard he will go to the sand pit and he knows he's not allowed to put sand in his mouth but even so when no one is looking at him he'll do it and he will be staring at the staff so he knows that when they're looking at him he has to drop it and he's always with that smirk in his face like oh i'm doing it but i'm not getting caught and it's so funny to see because that's kalel he is cheeky he likes he's mischievous he's very demanding as well you know it's like i want this and i want this now and i want you to do it and i don't care whether you're sitting down or where you're relaxing or you're eating i want you to stop and that is a lot with me he will just come and grab me and start pushing me towards to what he wants and what he he needs and most of it it's what he wants not that he needs if he wants sweets he will just start pushing me towards the kitchen so everything in my house is locked and that's because he is so smart 
he will climb anything in order to unlock or he would just do anything in order to achieve what he wants so i had to start locking things away not only for my peace of mind but for his safety he was climbing on top of the counters up in the kitchen so he could get to the cabinet and grab the biscuits or the sweets and it got to a point that i said you know we need to do this because he can't keep on climbing so now he knows that things are closed and are locked he so he doesn't climb anymore but with him now it became a constant every day of something cheeky that he does um so recently i set up the pool in the back garden and we are working very hard with him on toilet training so we have gotten to the point that he comes downstairs in the morning he goes to the toilet does his thing you know and i'm working on during the day to take him to the toilet and um showing him that he needs to go to the toilet and use the, the toilet paper and the whole thing but he was just having so much fun in the pool and he was just like jumping or whatever that he basically stood up, took his shorts off, and just started peeing in, in, in the middle of the pool. While he did that, I was like, no, get out. And he just looked at me and started smiling and laughing because he knew exactly what he was doing. And I'm being honest, the distance from the pool to the bathroom, it's probably three meters or four, no more than that he was laughing because he knew that the door was open that he could have gone there but he just wanted to stay in the pool he knew he was doing wrong and he just smiled at me and laughed at me because he just didn't care he is showing all this abilities that he has he became again my sweet and loving child when i pick him up from school he's always runs towards me gives me a big hug and a big kiss he became very attached to the staff in school we get there in the morning and you know he gives his hugs and his high fives and fist bumps the staff in school right now they are absolutely amazing he has such a great team working with him they just love him and adore him and everything we work very well together with the school everything they do it's because they want the best for Kalel and at the end of the year they give me a bunch of letters for Kalel from them and reading those letters uh, it, it got like I got really really teary I, I no I didn't got teary I actually cried because two years ago a year ago you know I had a child that was being very aggressive that was being almost excluded from school that wasn't trying you know to communicate or anything with anyone and all of a sudden he became this loving child of hugging and kissing um, and doing all this developments increasing the amount of tension and, and, and time spent together and then to see the chemistry that he has with with my partner you know he loves Dan and he's always like climbing on top of him asking him down for stuff giving him kisses so kisses in spanish is besito so a lot of the times i, I will go to Kalel, Kalel besito Kalel besito and he will come and give me a kiss or he will put his head for me to give him a kiss and my partner is 
full-on English <laughs> so he doesn't speak any Spanish but he learned you know these keywords and he will say to Kalao Kalao besito and Kalao well, it's so cute because he will go and put his head or just give him a hug and, and, and give him a kiss and it's so lovely to see that he has become such a lovely child again and he has grown so much in the past two years that I look back and when I look back I would have never Never thought that we were going to be at this point at this stage right now I was probably seeing that very very far from that moment I thought that it was going to take us five ten years to get him to where he is at the moment and he's so refreshing and he's such a big relief to see this because I can see that working hard with him working together with the school working together with my partner he can achieve so much he can become such an amazing grown-up he has the potential of doing whatever he wants he's still nonverbal. we're still working on his communication he's still trying to use pecs or we're using communication boards we're using lots of objects of reference which i will go more into details uh on an episode that i will do about speech and communication and that's because it is very long and it's very detailed on what you have to do and how you can implement it with your child obviously again everything that i show in the podcast and everything that i talk about is all my personal experience and what i have practiced with kalel based on what a professional has told me to do and i will be telling you what has worked for us and what hasn't but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't work on your child so with children in the spectrum i always said is trial and error you know you have to try and there will be many times are you going to fail but there will be that one thing that you're going to succeed. And that has been the case with Kalel. There has been lots of things that I have tried that has not worked at all, but there has been those that have worked and that has led to other things that are working and all that has led to him being the way he is right now. So even now he is just laying on the sofa with my phone watching youtube videos because he loves to watch youtube but what he watches is really interesting he loves to watch people cutting fruits or cutting vegetables so now he's a lot very into helping me cook in the kitchen but mainly is going in the kitchen and trying to cut apples (laughs) he will eat them afterwards but he just loves cutting and i always say i hope he becomes a chef because although i enjoy cooking i just want to give up on the cooking thing and i am more than happy and more than ready to give it to someone else that can cook for the whole family and that might be kalel so i'm crossing my fingers on that one so that's pretty much how our life with kalel is I could go into more and more details about so many things, but I think that you're going to be able to find out more about Kalel and Angel as the podcast progress, because I can go now into details of how it is going shopping with Kalel or going to a museum or going to the grocery store. And, oh, everything is so different because one things in one place works and then the other ones doesn't work in other places but we i'm exposing him to everything that i can because the only way for me to learn more about him is by exposing him obviously i'm not exposing him to uh, to a state that i know is going to be damaging or that he's going to be uncomfortable 
we had a, a point in in our relationship with dad that we he met the children and then we started you know going out more and more and more and in the beginning kind of wasn't having it in restaurants he didn't like being you know in restaurant and he had a hard time adapting and adjusting to a new place or a, a new activity but now it just gotten to the point that he just gets to the restaurant grabs the napkins puts it on top of his uh, lap because he knows the whole procedure he is used to it that is the only way that I can learn about my child and I can make sure that I can do reasonable adjustments in the future for him to be able to enjoy all these activities. So the cinema was one of them. The cinema was, he never liked it and he didn't like, you know, how dark it was and all the noises and everything. So I put that off for a very long time. And then one day, you know, a movie came out and I said, oh, you know, we should try this with Kalel. And we did, and it worked great. It went magnificent. So it's all about also giving him the time to mature. And that comes just with lots of practice and lots of reassurance and, and love and time. It takes a very long time with children on the spectrum. And I've, I've always said that I've never been patient and that I had no patience whatsoever. And having Kaleo has proved that wrong having Kaleo showed me that I am more patient than I ever thought that I would be and that if I put my mind into doing something that I can actually do it and I put my mind into helping him and helping Angel to overcome every obstacle and that's what we're doing we're working with both of them very hard in putting down those barriers so what's next for us with Kaleo well, Kalel now is going under ADHD assessments. He is still not sleeping very well, which we're working on that. We're still working on his speech, obviously. It's an ongoing thing every day. And he is starting school again now in September. He will have the same staff. He will be in the same room. So that's not changing and that's great. We recently were able to get an EHCP plan for him, which is an educational health care plan. And the school is working with me into achieving the goals that were set for him, which that was a big deal because we, we fight for that EHCP for a very long time. It took us over a year to get it, but we finally did it. The school and I, we worked together and we fight for it and it's, it's here we we have it um and that's pretty much what's next you know with with Kalel it's, it's keep working with him every day showing him new things and experimenting with others and seeing what he likes what he doesn't like he now is becoming for example better with haircuts but it could be that the next one it will just go terribly wrong because he changes one day he likes something the other day he doesn't like that you know right now we are over and over with lullabies um we went through a three-year period of time with Paw Patrol, which now that's over and actually i have to say after listening to lullabies all day i'm starting to miss marshall and chase and the entire Paw Patrol crew uh, they they became family but yeah, that's what's next with Kalel. Kalel is a bundle of joy. He is such a happy child. He is a loving, loving human being. He has his moments of 
anxiety and getting upset and obviously that comes into trying to you know hurt himself but we're managing we're managing all that we still getting to know him um and i think he's still getting to know us and as time goes by he's going to mature more and he's going to be able to you know adjust to the expectations of the world um I think he's gonna be great. I I think he's going to be absolutely amazing in the future. He has such a bright future ahead of him, and that's why I'm working so hard right now because I just want to make sure that he has everything that he needs now to develop all the skills he needs for the world. One of the things that really got my attention when I started doing all my research and and I came up with my podcast was the fact that the life expectancy of an autistic adult is 56 years old. Um, and that really hit me hard because I had them very young. I had Angel when I was 33, I had Kalel when I was 27. So that life expectancy, you know, I'm, I'm not okay with that. And I just want to make sure that my children have a happy, fulfilling life. That they'll be able to, you know, if they want to, get married and have children and have a house and a, and a job that they love. And it's my job now to work on that path for them to achieve all these things that they might want in the future. They might want to choose another different path, but I want to make sure that I'm giving them the tools to choose what's right for them and what they want and not what society or the government or anyone else thinks that they should be doing, you know? Children on the spectrum become adults on the spectrum and we have seen in... Um, media and athletes and celebrities and artists that there are many people on the spectrum there are many people with ADHD with autism with Asperger's that they have become to be great influentials in this world and who knows maybe that will be my child in the future so again thank you very much for listening um, if you have any question you can contact me on my email which is mindslink.liverpool at gmail.com you can also find me on instagram at minds.link or you can also find me on facebook at mindslink you can send me an email about anything even if you just want to say hi i'm open for suggestions if you want me to talk about something in particular in the podcast or if you want to ask me something that i have done with my children please do so um if you want me also to share perhaps your story and you don't want me to say your name that's completely fine as well i will do so but again i am here trying to help out as many parents as i can um giving you as much information all based on my experience and also you know trying to share that this life many people think that is a hard and horrible one but actually it's a fun one i wouldn't change my children for the world it's so much fun it is a struggle but it's so much fun every day at home there's always something new and there's always something to talk about and, and you know and i keep a little diary of the things they do and say because 
I say one day at their wedding, I will say all this out loud. But hopefully, I will be able to give you more insight of our life. So stay tuned for the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow me um, so you can get notifications of the new episode coming out. And I will have you all back hopefully next week. Please stay safe. Be alert. You know, I don't want to sound like the government, but we are living in difficult times right now. And we have to be supportive of our community and our loved ones and be there for, for one another. So all my love to you guys. Thank you for listening. See you next time.